Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. Back with you on a beautiful Monday morning. Hope you guys had a great holiday week. We were able to give you some, I'd say some decent content. Last week at Thanksgiving, when I say decent, you guys watched our show at like record numbers. So shout out to all of it. They can see you. Can they? my. They can see you? What do you mean? You said you said you, they watched our show. And I was oh, like, you're right. Well, they <laughs> saw me in my pajamas a lot. Okay. They heard our show. Sorry. <laughs> Audio medium. You guys, we were blown away by how many of you downloaded, listened, responded, everything to that Thanksgiving week episode. Shout out to you guys. I guess that means that the three-round mock draft was a hit. So we talked about at the end of that that we were probably going to do it again. We're definitely going to be doing that again now. Ben, before we get into the show, how was your Thanksgiving, man? I was delightful, Trevor. I appreciate you asking. It was tiring. I have multiple photos of me on the internet now of like everybody like hopping around and like putting Christmas tree ornaments up and unboxing things. I was like on the couch, like all asleep with like a dog on my lap, just as content as can be. Did you um, have it was your ideal good. food plate? Did you get the ideal food plate in there? I did. One thing that I discovered, because I was at Mayor's for Thanksgiving for the first time ever, they do pierogies on Thanksgiving, which is big Oh, win. my big Polish win. roots are shining yep. right now. I ate that up real quick. Dude, no, big, so delightful. Big and then I brought home, like, you know, multiple Trader Joe's bags worth of leftovers. So I'm not going to cook for the next week. I'm only I'm just going to eat cold refrigerator leftovers for the next week and be happy as a clam. Listen, we stand pierogies. How on, was on Philly? Dude, Philly was awesome. Philly was great. As um, it always is. Yeah, Philly. I, I I love the city of Philadelphia. We had a Fan Friday question a couple of weeks ago. No, it was probably like a month ago or whatever. And somebody asked, hey, top five cities. Philly was definitely one of mine. Not always the biggest fan when it's as cold as it can be in Philly, but it was fine. Um, it was kind of the up north Thanksgiving weather that wasn't too miserable. I did go to a Sixers game, and I know you're a big Sixers guy. So we trust the process on this podcast. So. Listen, it was the night after Embiid was scoreless, and then we're like, all oh, right. and he put up like thirty-five. Yeah, right? we're like, all right, revenge game coming up. Very first shot of the game within five seconds of the game, Embiid swish, good. How many it, basketball games do you go to? Like, do you go frequently? No, not at all. So the right, closest, okay, so I don't go frequently, and I wish I I did, so I could better confirm the fact that like. I spend every single Sixers game I go to being still confused by Joel Embiid's size, and like I feel like if Look, I probably went to a lot of NBA games, it would be like, I would be less, but I still really think I would always look at him and be like, "There's just no way." One of the most He's, entertaining parts about the game, no joke, is the Kings, which is who they were playing. They have Kyle Guy. Kyle right. Guy is like six foot two. And he was sitting on the bench because he does not play. So he was sitting on the end of the bench next to these giant seven-footers. And it was the funniest. It's like these two human beings play the same sport for money at the highest level. And it, it was is just, very funny. It was it? absolutely hilarious. Um, Sixers game was awesome. Philly was awesome. Thanksgiving was awesome. Hopefully you guys out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving as well. We are full speed ahead into the Christmas season, which means that there is only one month left of regular season football. Crazy to think about that and how we got here so fast. Ben, we have not done a look around the NFL, 
you know, look at the standings, the postseason predictions, even looking at an updated draft order. We haven't done that in a while, so I wanted to do that today on this Monday morning. 49ers you Ravens. Start, you can know, we you want to start updated draft order real quick? Sure, but yeah, no, we can, say, I, we, we can say that. We'll do that, and then we'll get into some of the interesting games. Right. Cincinnati won, which <clears throat> I don't mean to brag. You know, I'm not really one to brag. Yeah, definitely not on this podcast. We never do. Very humble. The most humble is really how I would describe myself. But I will say that last Thursday, your boy not only predicted that the Cincinnati Bengals would cover, but, 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 but also predicted that Cincinnati would get their first win this past Sunday. And you know what, Ben? Those Bengals did it. They got their first yeah, win. They did. And they uh, didn't lose the number one overall spot. Mazel tov. Right, which the Giants now are the team where, like, listen, if Cincinnati installed Dalton back, and as we said the moment we saw this happen, what in the name of God are you idiots thinking? You're going to win a football game. And Trevor, what did they do? They won a football game. <laughs> now, the Browns, who are by no means or stretch of the imagination a consistently good football team, five and seven, they've now been pretty much kicked out of the wild card race. You know, they could still possibly do it, but it's really unlikely. Yeah. Five and seven, likely out of the wild card race. Then you get a Patriots. Okay, screw that. Dolphins, and then Browns again. Dalton can win two of those games. So they have to be careful now. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you right now that the New York football giants, Trevor, who are currently mm-hmm. two and ten, are ending the year two and fourteen. They are. They it's, got the Eagles, they got it, the Dolphins, they got I'm the Redskins, so, and the it's Eagles. So dumb that New York beat the Bucks at home. It would <laughs> help both of these teams so much more if what what should have happened happened and the Giants would be sitting here at one and eleven and Tampa would be at six and six. It would help both of these teams so much more in both ways. And yet, the here we mother-freaking-are. Can't stand it. The Bucs is actually the, they're the reason why I wanted to talk about draft order. Because for the first time this year, the mm-hmm. Eagles are below the Bucs in the draft order. I'm officially the heel of the podcast. Actually, I'm oh, technically wow. winning the podcast. Yeah, the yeah you take the, it's a draft podcast, so you're taking yeah, so And both I'm of these teams, ahead. both of our teams have less than 1% chances of doing anything in the postseason. Well, I guess Philly technically has more because they're right. within shot of the division title. But. That's what's so annoying is that the, 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 the Cowboys lost to the Bills. Bills played a great ball games, one of Josh Allen's best football games as a pro, if not his best that I have seen at the NFL level. If you're a Bills fan and you want to say, hey, our team is good for the future, you point to that Dallas game. Consummate three-level dominance. Three, three, uh, three system, offense, defense, special teams, whatever. So now the Cowboys drop one, which means like the Eagles, if they beat the Dolphins, it doesn't make them any more likely to win the division. Like they still have to beat the Giants, still have to beat the Redskins, still have to beat the Cowboys. But like now the Dolphins game like doesn't actually technically matter for the playoffs. And they come out and they just fart. It's like, it's like awful. They gave up six straight scoring drives. You you saw what Ryan Fitzpatrick did to them last year as Tampa Bay quarterback. He did the exact same thing. The Eagles lose their third game in a row. They're five and seven. And still, if they just beat the Giants, beat the Redskins, beat the Cowboys in the next three weeks, they're gonna win the division. Which is annoying because I don't want to care anymore, firstly. And secondly, 
I'd like for them to get the top 10, because Christian Foley ain't falling to 12 enough in the mock draft machine for me to be happy right now. I think Christian Foley will fall to 12. I'm praying, but like... I think it'll happen. I mean, it, you you want, want it's either Fulton or Akuda is who you want. You know what I mean? I don't think you want to be drafting Trevon Diggs, Paulson Adebo, Bryce Hall. I don't I don't think you want to be drafting these cats in the low teens. So it's, it, it, it's Philadelphia at this point. It's very simply, they're like... When they started spiraling, the the coaching staff and everybody just and the you know quarterback and the leader, just everybody preached, listen, we're gonna be fine. Like we're gonna write the ship. And now they've just had three straight embarrassing performances on at least one side of the ball. And it's still like, listen, like it's gonna level out, it's gonna be fine. You this is a team where like they're so convinced that they're good that we're now twelve games into the season. They have not been good <laughs> once, but they're still like, No, yeah, like we're good. No, you're not. Who's this? Do Philly? something Are you else. Philly. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're so they've great. got. They have to. Uh, they have to. You know, like they send you one game back. Yeah. Like I think if I look at teams who you know, like we really thought coming in, like you know, Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, Cleveland, teams that we were like, hey, maybe like uh, you know, uh, potential like playoffy sort of teams, and mm-hmm. like riser sort of teams. Yeah. You are not what you thought you were. You have significant issues, and you have to be able to recognize them. And that means you have to fire some people at the end of the season. Um, so like you know, I, I like with Atlanta, with Dan Quinn, with Philadelphia, with Jim Schwartz, with Cleveland, potentially making a move on the offensive side of, of the ball, uh, the offensive side of the coaching staff. Excuse me. You've got to be able to do something here to take a, a roster that on paper is super talented and has been underperforming and get it back to where it belongs. Those are your big disappointment teams of the year, right? Philly, Atlanta, Cleveland. Anybody else? Chargers, no, well, maybe? I was gonna say right there. I mean, like that's a good like. There's there's arguments. This is a, a an interesting place to basically play like a game where it's like, okay, we are who we thought they were, or the exact opposite. Like, who's surprised? Like, right. I I would think that Detroit. I'm looking at Detroit now, picking number six overall. Yeah, they've had injuries. Obviously, the Matthew Stafford not playing is bad, but Detroit started this year hot. Like, Detroit was playing good ball against good football teams, and there was a moment there in those three, four games to start the season where you went, uh, Detroit? Like, you didn't really know what to think about this team. Now here they sit at 3-8-1, and and it's kind of like, okay, the real Detroit Lions that I thought that we were going to see all year. And I guess the the way you slice it, I probably would have told you they would be something like, three and nine or four and eight at this point. So it's funny that they got back here. It just wasn't the path that I thought that they were going to take to get there. So I would agree, you know, those teams, definitely the most surprising, you know, Chargers being bad, even if you weren't crazy like me and thought that they were going to be potential Super Bowl candidates, I I, I just, (laughs) they continue to lose the most heartbreaking games in the world. And, you know, for the longest time, when I would read on Twitter, people would go, oh, man, nobody loses in more heartbreaking ways than the Chargers. I'm always like, hey, hello, uh, Tampa Bay football watcher over here. You guys happen to watch any games down south? Because it's also not fun. But I think I'm to the point where... Um, right. I was about to say, I'm t- I hear you to an extent. But <laughs> no, man, now, I'm, now I'm to the point where it's like, good Lord, man. God, please mm-hmm. just help them out. Just throw them a bone one time. Chargers, rough. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's an interesting conversation that, that those teams, definitely mm-hmm. the ones, the ones that you named are the ones that are at least reeling harder than I thought that they were going to. I, I think 
on a uh, on a totally different swing. Buffalo, man, I thought Buffalo would be good because I'm a big fan of what McDermott's doing up there. But Ben, they're nine and three. Okay, that's your uh, that's your five seed in the AFC playoffs that you do not want to f- see. You do not want to find this team waiting for you in Wild Card Weekend. Buffalo is one game back of the Patriots. Buffalo has a legitimate shot to end. How many years in a row has the Patriots won the won the AFC East? It's something AFC stupid. It's, it's, I really feel it's like, like it's twice, been like it's like twice in the last like twenty years, dude. Right. Okay. So the Patriots last time they didn't win the division was in two thousand and eight, which I believe was the Brady injury year. Um, and then before that, two thousand and two. So since two thousand and one, which is is uh, let's see, nineteen total years, they have there are seventeen and two in terms of winning the uh, the AFC. Unbelievable. Oh, and no, the I'm last close. time those teams that beat them out were the the Dolphins and the Jets. All right, all right, we're, we're looking this up. If you know, if you go further back, the Dolphins in two thousand, the Colts won it in ninety nine, the Jets in ninety eight, Patriots, Patriots, the Bills in nineteen ninety five. My older sister was just born. That's the last time the Bills won the AFC East. I really right, hope ben. Joe doesn't listen to this podcast. All right, Ben. Yeah. <clears throat> Ravens at Bills, who wins? Ravens. Bills at Steelers, who wins? Bills. Bills at Patriots, who wins? Bills. Wow. Jets at Why Bills, not? who wins? Bills. And then right. the Bills the Bills win that division, right? All right okay, hold, on. hold on, hold on, hold on. Chiefs at Patriots, who wins? Patriots. Patriots at Bengals. Who wins? Patriots. You already said the Bills beat the Patriots in Foxborough. So then Dolphins at Patriots. Who wins? Oh, how fun would it be if the Patriots lost the division on a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led Dolphins team? Patriots will win it. But that's like, that's what I don't that's, I don't know. That's, I don't, that's a that's a tying record. Yeah, right. And so then it's that would both and then they that split. would mean both teams are twelve and four. Right, and then they would split the tiebreaker because it's one and one. Um, yeah, they'd be head to head, one on one. Um, they're both five and one in the AFC East, and then uh, common games, win loss. All right, Buffalo lost to Philly, and they lost to Cleveland. Patriots beat both Philly and Cleveland. Um, but so they're down two, and only if they beat the Ravens in their upcoming game would they even get a game back. So two two losses against common opponents for Buffalo right now means that they need the Patriots to drop the Chiefs an, an or the one. yeah yeah oh, um, man Buffalo no, no, not you're the Chiefs because so the Bills the Bills never play the Chiefs so the Patriots have to lose to either Cincy or Miami for the Bills to win the division oh man oh dang it no this was fun dang but it. now it's sad yeah we tried Buffalo we tried. Yeah, no, but so, so Buffalo Buffalo is definitely a team sitting there at nine and three, even though they're they're probably gonna end up the fifth seed just because the Patriots are the Patriots. They have, man, over exceeded expectations, even I think for people who thought that they were gonna play well. Now, the question comes up how built for the postseason is this Bills team knowing that they're not going to host a single game? 
Well, they I are do the... think, and like this is this is a you know it's it's kind of a uh, a narrative, right? It's a heuristic more than it's proven. But I do think the Bills are the sort of team that quote unquote travels well in the well. I mean, they're right? five the and one, and the thing is, is that like you can look at that record, and, you, and and people would tell me like, oh, they're five and one on the road. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, they're nine and three overall. Obviously, the nice. record is going. Yeah. The record's going to be good both at home and on the road. I just don't know because the postseason becomes a different beast, and I don't think the the Bills are outmatched against anybody per se. But in the postseason, you are going to have to get into some serious shootouts with teams. Sometimes in back to back weeks. Sometimes in back to back to back weeks. We've seen. Even when right. you make it all the way to the Super Bowl, the most points, the most yards, the most this, the most that. I'm not sure the Bills are built for it yet this year. I wish they had like a couple more offensive weapons to them because that defense is awesome. I think they're playing really cohesive. They're playing strong, you know, uh, comprehensive football. Complementary football is what I was looking for. And so I think they're doing a good job with that. I just don't know if they have the offensive X factors yet. I'm afraid the Bills are peaking a little too early. This year's been awesome. This regular season's been great. They've beat and they've been competitive against some really good teams. You got to win a lot in a row when it comes to the postseason. So I hope they peak right. at the right time because this is going to be a fun team to see how they do in the postseason. Yeah, that's the tricky thing about the postseason. And you always kind of say this in the you know wild card round. You got to play three straight games. Are you going to get three straight games of mistake-free offense lifting football from josh allen right that's the question and right. i want to very quickly addend to that because i know people come at this josh allen i mean trevor what's what what was what's the biggest issue with josh allen what was the biggest issue coming out of wyoming right you know uh, risky and downfield accuracy right yeah, He's kind of ball everywhere. crazy yeah this dude has in his last seven games one interception now it's awesome interception you know a lot of luck goes into interceptions i'm not going to tell you right now i mean he's also fumbled the ball seven times so like like you know there's a lot of luck that goes into you know is it a pass breakup versus an interception versus where's the inaccuracy fall whatever but josh allen's been playing better risk averse football than he ever has before and that's mm-hmm. been the biggest thing but you need that play to be consistent for three games then you also need him to you know keep his completion percentage over 60 which is not something that he does very consistently you also need him to be able to connect on deep shots which is not something he's able to do very consistently so like it's not just interceptions when i say you know can he play consistent mistake-free football that elevates the team that like you know makes him more than just the guy taking the snap um but he's playing the best football he has. You just need three really good games out of him because if Buffalo catches Kansas City or Houston in the wild card round, to me they've got the secondary to play man cover on those guys, and that's what you need to beat Patrick Mahomes. That's what you need to beat Deshaun right, Watson. Right. And, Houston. They, I, I, and on one side, I, I might not think they have the offensive X factors to keep up, but they do have the defense to neutralize these guys a little bit. So at least they've got a chance to slow them down. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. Either way, I mean, like, yeah, Buffalo's a lot of fun. If you want to continue talking about AFC playoff teams, however, yeah. I have a riddle for you. Um, normally, we reserve those for Fan Fridays via fan submissions only, but I'll, for, you know, this time, because it's the Christmas season, yeah, you can, you can fire it off. Let's hear it. In his last six games, this starting quarterback has a 72% completion percentage. He's thrown for 12 touchdowns and only three interceptions. He averages uh, just over nine yards per attempt. He has three rushing touchdowns on 27 attempts. Who is he? 
AFC. Yep. Um, it's got to be somebody that I'm not expecting, correct? That's why it's a riddle. Okay, can you can you say the stats one more time? Completing over seven, completing seventy two percent of his passes. Uh huh. For over nine yards an attempt, twelve throwing touchdowns, only three interceptions, three rushing touchdowns on twenty seven rushing attempts. Twenty seven rushing attempts. Average uh, of four and a half a game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, baby. The Tannehill train is back in motion. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> elected to bench marcus Mariota for oh let's trade a fourth rounder for insurance policy ryan Tannehill. we'll even like cut the 2020 year off of his contract just like a one-year deal just in case you know we need him because mario gets broke uh gets beaten up they replace him they replace Tannehill, uh, marcus Mariota with Tannehill in week seven against the chargers they win that football game then they play tampa week eight they win that football game then they play carolina and carolina they lose that football game then kansas city they win then Jacksonville, they win, and then they just beat Indianapolis for a commanding lead in the uh, race for the sixth seed. It's, I mean, it's not commanding. Pittsburgh has beat the Browns. Pittsburgh's still around. But the Titans right now, I would describe as the favorite for that spot. Now, here's the issue. I said they beat up on Jacksonville. They beat up on Tampa. You know, they beat up on, on whatever. It's not been the toughest slate. They get the Raiders this upcoming week. They should win that game. Then it's two games against the Texans, and it's the Saints. So, if, you know, Tannehill's been good. He's not been amazing. He's been good. That's going to work against Oakland. You're going to be 8-5. and five. Then you need to be able to win at least one against the Texans. And really, you need to be able to potentially win two of the last three, which means you might have to pull one out against the Saints. You're at home for the Saints game, but that Saints team is going to be fighting for first-round bye positioning in the NFC. That's right. not going to be a sleepy Week 16 right. Saints Yeah. Also, you know, again, like two games against the Texans, they are only one game behind on the Texans in the um, the race for the AFC South. But the Texans beating the Patriots was a, a hindrance to that because now they've got to be able to beat the Texans twice to win mm. the division. I think that's going to be really rough to do. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh's got the Cardinals, the Jets, then also the Bills and the, and, the, and the Ravens. They have a little bit of an easier path to get to nine wins and potentially beat out a Titans team that just can't beat those good teams on their roster but like the titans winners of five of their last six owners of a great defense running game is is you know derrick henry's still boomer bust but he's been more boom than bust lately which means he that you know good help for Tannehill. team's playing good football so we're like that texans game weeks week 15 is to me very exciting i can't wait to watch it because this is a, a titans team that every year finds a way to end up nine and seven every year mm-hmm. finds a way to wriggle themselves into the something and yeah, this year it's on the back round. of ryan it's crazy no, Tennessee, we we said at the beginning of this year, this team has no identity, but it's not like a they have no identity, they're going to be absolutely terrible thing. It's a they have no identity, so we have no idea which team's going to show up every week, and that's been Tennessee's season. You know, going back to predicting what we thought these teams were going to be going into the year, I went into the year thinking that I don't want to play Tennessee any week ever because I don't understand what team's going to show up. So far, in seven games, the good Tennessee has shown up. The bad Tennessee has shown up in five games. So it's been better for them. Going to Ryan Tannehill has been the switch that they have absolutely needed. It's crazy kind of that they're sitting here. They got the 19th overall draft spot. Um, they're one of two seven and five teams who aren't in the playoffs right now. But like you said there, they're within shooting distance of a playoff spot. 
I did not think that I was going to be saying that uh, when they made the move to Ryan Tannehill, but here we are. Um, let's talk about the you Ravens to talk Baltimore and the 49ers earlier. Yeah, I thought you we, we, we do need to talk about that a little bit. Baltimore is the clear-cut Super Bowl favorite right now, right? right? Imagine. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. And it's and it's crazy what they've been able to do. Now, I was really pleased with the Me. Ravens. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, congrats. Uh, I was really pleased with the Ravens-Niners result and even how that game went overall. Like, like back to front, start to finish, because this is an awesome game. Going into it from San Francisco's side, I thought, okay, San Francisco is a team that I thought was punching above its weight class a little bit throughout the year. I thought their record was a little bit inflated. They were winning some games that there there were a handful of games that could have been coin flips that continued to go the 49ers way. And so I was like, oh, you know, I think they're good, but you know, like nine and one good, eight and one good, whatever they were. You know, I was like, okay, that's a little, that's a little, that record's a little rich for how much I would trust the 49ers. Now they play Baltimore, not only the team that we think is the Super Bowl favorites, but also the hottest team in the NFL, right? This team has won eight games in a row coming against San Francisco. And so I thought, well, they won seven going into the game. Right. The Niners was their eighth because they set the record. Yes. So you look at it here and you go, okay, this is the ultimate barometer game. And I thought San Francisco punched them, punched back, got punched, got up. Made that a game the whole time, and I was super impressed about that from San Francisco. And so I left that game against watching from the Ravens play the 49ers and thought, yeah, the Niners are are better. Like, I, I left that game on a Niners loss having more confidence in them than I did going into the game, which is kind of weird to say, but right. from San Francisco's side, I now think, okay, San Francisco can hang with anybody. Because they almost beat the Ravens. So that was my okay. thought process well, there sure. with that one. I mean, like, I, I hear you on that. And I do. And there are two losses this year by, are by both by the Seahawks loss, obviously, in overtime after their backup kicker missed a field goal. Right. And then a Ravens game in regulation against Justin Tucker in the rain. You know what I mean? Like, there's – it's tough. You know what I mean? Like, they, they've lost games on the feet of, you know, place kickers, which is kind of sucks when you're a really good team and then you just get out place kicked. It kind of is frustrating. Now, what I will say is, if I just rattle off the Niners' wins for you right now, Buccaneers, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Rams, Redskins, Panthers, Cardinals, Cardinals, Packers, there's really one game that impresses me right there. The and Bucks game, Packers. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Oh, oh, oh my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, 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 they no. beat the Packers. They they smacked the Packers around the yard on national television. That was sick. Um, the Packers are a bit of a opposer team in general, but still they're a really good team and they beat them. the The Niners have the Saints this upcoming week after that loss to the Ravens. That is a low key monumental game, especially because Seattle lost to the Saints earlier this year. Right now, Seattle and the Niners are tied both 10-2 and two at the top of the division. They play again in Week 17. The Niners, if they drop that game to the Saints, they, number one, lose one game in the common you know opponent uh, tiebreaker. Number two, they now have to beat Seattle just to get back to tied in the division, assuming Seattle 
drops none of the games that they have approaching. And Seattle right now, uh, excuse me, Seattle's 9-2 and two because they still have the Vikings to play, have the Rams, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. It's very realistic that if the Seahawks beat the Vikings and go 10-2, and two, they're going to win their next three games. They're going to walk into that Niners game 13-2. and two. So that Week 17 Niners game, firstly, could be just a, uh, it could be a bonanza. It could be so much fun. But the, the 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 Niners now really need to tighten the straps again in New Orleans against a good New Orleans Saints football team. They need to be able to beat a good team on the road, which like, you know, we a lot of people said, like, is this the Super Bowl preview? Sure. If the Niners can beat good teams in the regular season, because so far to me, they've beaten one and the other two they've played, they've lost to. So I'm a bit like I the Niners have a really good formula and they're a great team. But you got to be able to punch back to back weeks against heavyweights. And well, that, yeah, you, you and I talked about right. that a little bit earlier, right? I mean, right. in order to win in the playoffs, because I, I I talk about that all the time when 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 fans of teams want to boast what their team is able to do, I don't ignore what they can do any week. And if if you're resetting the coin, you know, if you're resetting the roulette odds, you can tell yourself, okay, any week anything can happen and we could get the best out of our team every single week. You are right. But the goal, if you are good enough to make the postseason, the goal then is not to make the postseason. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. And in order to do that, you have to win three, four games in a row. So Against against competition that gets more difficult every single week. That's what it comes down to for me. So that's why I was so, um, how do I say this? Um, just not trusting of maybe what I was seeing with the 49ers record early on. So hesitant to believe in them as deep Super Bowl contenders because I just didn't know how they were going to fare, to your point there, against good teams back to back to back to back to back. And I thought they did a really good job against the Ravens. I at least thought a formula was there then for them to make it, to make it interesting, to make it uh, you know to the Super Bowl or even maybe win the Super Bowl. So I I feel like I believe in that more now after that Ravens loss, as I have in them all season, which maybe a little. Weird, I respect it, man. It's kind of my thoughts there. Um, anybody else we didn't touch on? That we need to here at the top of the list. Washington wins again, goes to three and nine. Miami goes to three and nine with another win. You guys are blowing it. Come on. There's a draft podcast out here. You're supposed to be tanking. The Giants losing eight in a row. That's that's the stuff. That's what we're here. Daniel Jones for. has uh 21 turnovers and 11. So oh, mean, uh oh, you mean Daniel Jameis? Or no? Is that uh is that uh is that is that uh is that uh that, is that is that good? I'm trying to look at I'm trying to look at the uh, the playoff odds right now, and I'm trying to see which like outlier teams there are. Raiders still have a 20 percent chance of making it. Eagles have a 34, which is hilarious. We already talked about that though. Rams, man, Rams are all the way down to 17 percent chance to making the playoffs. If I mean, the they've got to right. They've got to make the wild card round against like an eight and three right Minnesota. And a not a thirteen and three Niners slash Seahawks. Good luck. Eagles have better odds to make the playoffs than the Titans do. That's kind of funny. Um, well, I mean, for the Eagles, it's just like be absolutely should and will do. 
beat the Redskins, who, let's talk about this. The Redskins beat the Panthers. You and I both sat on this podcast and said, hey, Dwayne Haskins looked pretty good in his first start, but I'm not sure I believe in them yet against a real yeah, team like the Panthers. Now, though. What's that? Panthers suck now. Right. I, I just, I want to talk about this so that we can say Haskins, once again, was just alive. That's not, that's not nice. He Jesus, was okay. man. Come on. He was, he, he was 13 for 25. Which Where did is, you have Haskins coming out? I had him year. as a round three player. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Which like round three grade for, a, for a quarterback is like, I mean, I wouldn't draft him first overall and I probably wouldn't like go trading up for him. But like when the Redskins let him fall to them at 17 and took them, I was like, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing about quarterbacks. Like you said, like I had a round two grade on Kyler Murray. I also would have drafted him first overall. Because that's what it is with quarterbacks. It's either, are you willing to risk it for this guy first overall or not? That's the only question that matters to me. Mm. Um, but anyway, Haskins, 13 for 25, 147 yards. That's l- about a 50% completion percentage. That's less than six yards per attempt. Uh, not great. But if we take it, it's not out of 2019, but we cycle it back all the way to 2018, brother. There was a running back at LSU by the name of Darius Geis. This young man dealt with injury his rookie season. He dealt with injury his sophomore season. You know what he did back healthy against Carolina Panthers there, Trevor? Mm-hmm. 10 carries, 129 yards, and two touchdowns, not to mention one of the wickedest stiff arms you ever doggone saw. Well, that's, yeah, that's just Darius, guys. Um, he and, I, right. Where did you have guys ranked? I had guys below Barkley, but I had guys as a round one player. I think I had guys okay. below Chubb as well. I can't I, recall. I, I can look. But this team ran the ball really, really well against the Panthers. That's going to be the formula for them going forward in the immediate time frame with Haskins. First of the season, right. Washington's a running football team. It's going to work off of deep play action shots to try to get Haskins down the field. They're going to give him check downs if he doesn't like it. They're not going to be spready like Haskins was with, with uh, Urban Meyer and Ryan Day at, at Ohio State. This is going to be a running football team. I... Uh... I had Darius Geis over Saquon Barkley. What's it like to be in? No, the, the, the thought with Barkley was that, like, I love the dude. I thought he was. I thought he was built in a lab. Like, I thought he was literally the perfect running back. There were just times at Penn State where I felt like he shied away from going up between the tackles more than he should have, and so I was like. But, um, yeah, he's obviously proven me way wrong, and he's absolutely unbelievable. Ben, I'm going to list off teams, and you're going to tell me the one team that I just I guys listed. running back, too. Yes, I found it. I guys running back, too. Go ahead. I'm going to list off a bunch of teams here, and you're going to tell me the one team that is not eliminated from the postseason. Ready? Go. Dolphins, Falcons, Giants, Redskins, Lions, Cardinals, Bengals. Oh, you're asking me which team actually still has a shot to make it? Which team is technically not mathematically eliminated from the postseason? Same again. Dolphins, Falcons, Giants, Lions, Redskins, Cardinals, Bengals. Dolphins. Nope. Dang dude, it, who is it? D- dude, dude, yeah, the Dolphins can't get in, dude. Okay, well, everybody you said sucks and is like three and It's a team 12. in your own division. You said Eagles? Oh, wait. Redskins. The Giants? No, the Redskins. Oh, of course, because <laughs> the t- the division sucks booty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants can still get in? 
No, the Redskins can still the get Redskins. in. The Redskins. Yeah, they're oh three and nine. They're sitting there at three and nine, and the division leader is what? Six and six? S- yes. Seven and nine division champion, Baltimore, uh, uh, Washington Redskins, Redskins. As I have always and often and frequently said. Yeah. Probably not. Did we, uh, <laughs> did we miss anybody before we get out of here? Oakland got killed, didn't they? Who'd they get killed by? Who'd Oakland, Oakland got smacked around um, by Kansas City. 40 to 9. Oh, uh, yeah. You 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 told me that was going to happen, yeah. didn't you? Uh, Drusif Locke. Good old yeah. Andrew. Yeah. Who, who, you have, who have you have said multiple times on this podcast is what, Ben? He's not good. He, okay. uh, 18 for 28, 134 yards, which if you're doing math at home, is less than five yards an attempt. Jesus. Two touchdowns, including a bananas nine-ball prayer to Cortland Sutton. That Sutton, I mean... Catch love, of the year candidates. Love, love two two receiving touchdowns on the day. Love to see it. Um, and an interception. And then obviously we talked about how the Chargers lost that game. But Drew Locke winning his first start. It doesn't, it shouldn't be the truth, but it is that if you win your first start, it buys you some belief in uh in, in the city, in the organization. You know, you win that first start, you don't look awful. Absolutely people are gonna beg, oh, but remember what he was against the Chargers, and that'll carry you for a bit. Yeah. Uh, so Drew Locke, in terms of potential future in Denver. Not a not an amazing start in the stat sheet, not an amazing start on the film, but they came away with a W against a division rival. That matters. That's all that matters, Ben. Throw context out the window. The only thing that matters is QB winning and losing. QB wins. QB wins the realest stat that there possibly could be. Metrics nerds exist because of QB wins. All right. That's not true at all. That's basically That basically goes against everything that we think on this podcast there we go nfl week actually nfl last couple of weeks recapped tied with a bow presented to you guys hope you guys enjoyed that one tomorrow we're talking college football we're going to get into the latest college football playoff rankings talk about what we saw over rivalry week because there is a lot to get into there we're of course going to talk about the nfl and then have fan friday later this week until then You guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.